0: garage
1: he's leaving behind the garage he's behind he's behind the following podcast contains spoilers for signs you have been warned ah!
0: What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of KFI News Radio. This is yours, Glenn Glendron Button, along with your host
1: Miguel Magusto. Mm. Mm. How you doing?
0: Mm. Not bad. I'm sweating after all that. Speaking yeah. Portuguese really makes you delicious, I guess. I don't I <laughs> Yep. Makes you stew.
1: Yep. That's that's uh, what we're sticking with.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We had a oh. we had a different week. Uh, Yes. This week was only about 15 minutes for us. (laughs) Yeah, really long-lasting. Yeah, would you like to explain, Um,
0: Glenn? I would love to explain. Uh, So I am going on vacation, and I'm going basically in the middle of the week till the next middle of the week, and we usually record on Mondays. I won't be here this this coming Monday when we usually do the podcast, so I said, Mike, let's do a, a little double movie. Uh, podcast on one day and we're working our asses off guys yes we Um, are um so uh to get straight to the forwards uh we're just gonna get right into the movie uh because we didn't obviously watch anything in 15 minutes besides us panicking uh and that's mainly me because (laughs) i I ran out of memory on my 4k camera last time we recorded which was 15 minutes ago (sighs) so yeah there's there's that yeah yes um so, without any further ado, taking your part. This yes. is my show now. Yeah, baby. it's fine. Go for it. Let's get into signs. Ooh. Ooh. shapes the size of a football field what kind of machine can bend a stock of corn over without breaking it? it can't be by hand it's too perfect so the aliens can't read our minds oh a widowed former reverend oh what the fuck just fell behind my ca- my camera oh it was your, a wire. your
1: room is haunted now ever since i that don't guy know came out. i don't know what's
0: gaming, man i don't know what's going on A widowed former reverend living with his children and brother on a Pennsylvania farm finds mysterious crop circles in their fields, which suggest something more frightening to come. (laughs) Uh, Directed, written, and produced by M. Night Shyamalan stars Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, not Rory Rory Culkin Culkin, uh, and Abigail Breslin, there's a bunch of other people in there like M. Night Shyamalan himself. Uh, And Cherry Jones, but it mainly focuses on the core four of the family. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I picked this uh, because, uh, like I said last time, um, I've been meaning to rewatch it for a while. And uh, this is kind of like one of the movies that sparked wanting to become uh, a filmmaker, even though I was only nine, or like getting into like a kind of getting into film period, not just filmmaker, I should say. Um and going back to all- what
1: sorry to interrupt, going back to what you asked me last time when you were saying that this was gonna be the movie, you asked me what movie made me want to become a filmmaker. That mm-hmm. was the village, but the movie that got me into film was The Mummy mm-hmm. in 1999. Yes. So neither of them were signs, but yeah. M. Night Chamlin was definitely the director to do it for
0: me. For for a lot of at least kind of our near age group, a lot of people who saw this movie and the village, at least in like the Philadelphia area. Um, because there was obviously that that close connection of like, oh, if he can yeah. be, be a filmmaker with this brilliant shit, maybe I could as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of one of the movies to be like that stepping stone uh, forward. Um, so, a, I wanted to watch it just because it's been a while. B, it somewhat fits into the horror spookta- spooktober uh, yeah. little little festivities, especially if you were a nine year old watching this in two thousand two. You probably shit your fucking pants. I, I definitely I mean, didn't.
1: <laughs> I, I I definitely like this movie. kept me up the first time I, I watched it. Um, yep. Like I saw in the middle of the day in the summer. It was like I think it was August is when it came out. Uh, saw in the middle of the day with my dad. Uh, came home. It was on my mind like the entire time, the the rest of the day. And then like I was just laying in bed that night, being like, Yeah, Are you man. Worried about the sky now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a crazy thing. This movie did some wonders back in the day. Yeah. It's- yeah, still does, but we'll talk uh, about
1: that. I would say, arguably, this is possibly M. Night's scariest, mm-hmm. just from the standpoint that ghosts aren't real, <laughs> so the Sixth Sense isn't really that scary. And also, Sixth Sense kind of has like a nice, wholesome tone to it, where he's learning to help the ghosts. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, hey, these aliens, which could be real, are going to mm. fuck your shit up. <laughs> so, yeah, amen. Uh, so I would argue that this is probably his scariest film. Yeah. Um, no, now saying that it's PG thirteen, it's about as scary as a PG thirteen movie can be. They're not very scary that uh, as an adult, uh, mm-hmm. but this still holds up and has some creepy parts to it. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's a legitimately creepy film, uh, especially in the beginning when you're just seeing like slight glimpses of the aliens. Uh, like you see just the legs sticking out of the corn mm-hmm. when Mel a, uh, when Mel Gibson is there. You see it standing or just on a the silhouette. Roof. Yeah, uh, which funnily enough uh th- th- this um has uh the whole religious aspect which our last film last <laughs> yeah. exorcism does and the guy who played the alien uh anytime I, they did mocap uh where is he um god where would he go oh where no, did he go oh my goodness where would he go <laughs> top cast i i saw it but anyway uh he played Jason Voorhees which we did two times ago oh. in the in the 2009 remake
0: Everything just comes full circle. It really
1: does. It does come full circle. Where is that precious man? (laughs) I
0: just saw one of the taglines for the movie. Derek Mears is
1: his name, by the way. Derek Mears. Yeah.
0: I just saw the tagline for the movie. Is it's not like they didn't warn us. (laughs) That's pretty funny.
1: Um, But yeah, this was one of my obsessions uh, in 2002 when I was 12, going on 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I, I really liked it um i i love m night style i know a lot of people have problems with M Night. i understand all those problems i personally think he's a very unique filmmaker yeah uh, i was listening to a podcast the uh a couple months ago and they said something that i thought was bold but i also kind of agree with mm-hmm. uh they said that David or um, M. Night Shyamalan is a more iconic filmmaker than people like David Fincher, even though David Fincher has more uh, like critically acclaimed films. In M. Night Shyamalan, you remember specific shots through many of his films. Yeah, Uh, uh, and like he has a lot of very iconic moments in his films. David Fincher has iconic films, but not with iconic moments. Uh, So, like visually speaking. M. Night Shyamalan's a more creative director, is what the, that person was saying. I could um, almost
0: agree with that.
1: Yeah, I I like like I think it's a bold claim. Yeah. I kind of agree with it, but I also think it is diminishing David Fincher to a point where it's yeah. not very fair. But if you think- talk to anyone, they'll remember specific shots in signs and the village and the sixth sense more than they will, other than like the shirtless scene with Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Uh, the, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's not I'm, many shots where you're just like – it just transports you back to that film.
0: I would say as far as shots go, yeah, maybe, but there's definitely moments – where both directors have absolutely absolutely will stick with you no matter absolutely like, what
1: i think mindhunter is more iconic than anything else david fincher has made and is fortunately canceled after two seasons uh hashtag oh god don't get me fucking started three. on that mindhunter is the best thing david fincher ever made and i will not apologize <laughs> for saying that uh it it's was just a, a shame. fantastic show and that's a, that's a lot coming from me who doesn't really like tv shows mm-hmm. so take that as you will um, but, yeah, I, I'm just so glad you picked this film. I sent you a video of the opening credits yep. uh, as it was playing. I'm sorry I'm talking a lot, but I, I it's l- really love this movie. That's what a
0: podcast is about.
1: Because the second the opening credits started, I remembered how much I fucking loved this soundtrack. <laughs> James Neewer Howard was my favorite composer for about 10, 15 years. Might still be my favorite composer, but I don't listen to soundtracks as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, c- You know, just for time time purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh and the the thing I love about the music in this is that that little triplet that is the theme of the film is in legitimately like every single song in one way or another and isn't yeah. either creepy or beautiful or sad. Yeah, it's like do 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 and uh it's just it's it's just such a Beautiful way to tie the whole film together, mm-hmm. and in and, and in a way that I think makes James New and Howard one of the most underappreciated film composers of all time. Uh, you know, people always talk about Hans uh, Hans Zimmer, uh, rightfully so. He's great. Um, a lot of people talk about Thomas Newman, which I love Thomas Newman, but a lot of his stuff sounds the same uh, to the point where like I can tell you if something's Tom Newman without <laughs> without uh, letting or without even checking. Yeah. Um, Ludwig Göransson's obviously great. There's a lot of great composers, but like very few people ever mention James Newton Howard, and I think that's just because he doesn't have a shtick. Like all of his films, sound, uh, his film scores sound different, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, but he he gives so much attention to each film that it just you know it just blends in, and I, I it's a shame that because he doesn't have a shtick that makes you go, that's James Newton Howard people don't notice him as much as they do Hans Zimmer or Thomas Newman or uh, uh, Michael Giacchino, you know, people like that. Uh, other great composers, but mm-hmm. I love James Newman Howard. Anyway, so I was, like, trying to, I was no, trying to fine. look
0: up what his other repertoire has been.
1: He did a lot of the early M. Night Shyamalan stuff. King
0: Kong, he was in a musical department for Dark Knight. He was the Village the was my favorite for score Village. for a
1: long time. Uh, I believe he did Unbreakable and Sixth Sense as well. Uh, I believe he did everything up until Lady in the Water for James Newman or for Edna uh, Chameleon. I believe. I believe that that was his last film with him. Um, um, yeah, he's had a career. Holy shit! It's, okay. it's oh, crazy. No, he to did, Think of- he, he did? Well, he, they used the the theme from from Unbreakable and Split. I was going to say he uh, did Split, but he, they only used his theme. It's crazy um, that
0: I I've never. I mean, I've heard this guy. Obviously, it's so many fucking movies, Jesus! But I never, I've never like actually. You don't hear his name at all, nearly as much as everyone else else's.
1: I know this is a podcast about signs, but he did Batman Begins with Hans Zimmer. They both worked on it together. Yeah, and then after, uh, um, after Inception, I believe it was, or maybe Mm -hmm. it was The Prestige, whichever of those came first. Um. I feel oh. like
0: prestige.
1: Okay, yeah. So he also worked on the Dark Knight as well. Uh, uh, yeah, with he, Hans I, he
0: was he was like a he also played like piano. Yeah, a, so
1: so he worked on the Dark Knight and and then. Uh, Christopher Nolan and Hans Zimmer did Inception together, and then mm. when they asked him to come back for Dark Knight Rises, he was just like, hey, you guys got this. You guys did great with Inception. <laughs> so he's even, like, humble where he's, like, stepping away from work where he's just like, I'm just getting in the way here. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's he's so underappreciated. I think he he deserves more praise um, and really, really uh, – is one of my favorites and like mm-hmm. j- just thinking about it I, th- I think he might still be my favorite i just don't know for sure um yeah
0: there's a lot of works that i'd really want to release yeah. to, especially michael clayton's a one.
1: great soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, okay so he did the happening as well so maybe the happening was his last um no he did the last airbender as well uh don't blame the mo- him on the uh, the movie on him he just did the music <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so maybe the last airbender was his last film with um M. Night Shyamalan, which I feel like like, M. Night. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to back away now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he's he's fantastic. I think he's uh, underappreciated. And I loved listening on my surround sound system to that score. Mm -hmm. Hadn't experienced that since the movie. uh, It it was in the movie theater. Uh, And the sound design in this is great, too. Yes, it is. Anyway, that's enough from me, Glenn. You talk for a little bit. (laughs) all right cool sorry um
0: so uh yeah, what the fuck do i even talk i have a lot of notes on this movie um so it's gonna be hard for me to this actually believe it or not as a 30 year old man i got jump scared really which parts uh, right in the beginning uh the dog barking at the kids oh yeah that's good. I was not expecting that, and it just yeah. scared the shit out of me. I'm like, "Oh, why is the no? What the do- what's the dog doing, man? Don't this do that." This movie's not
1: kind to dogs, but it's one of the few movies that I forgive for not being kind to dogs. Yeah, um
0: yeah. That that actually scared the shit out of me. As as a kid, obviously, there's the the simpler parts where it's obviously the aliens that that scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it's the, the silhouette that happens or, you know, the the grabbing of the hand under the pantry or the, uh, the you know, the final, uh, or not the final, the, the second to final, where it's the reveal on the news or the actual final where it actually picks up Rory and sprays some Febreze in his face.
1: Or when his hands are coming through the grate.
0: Oh, yeah, the grate, too. Uh, Excellent shot, too. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Well, uh, that's a one. I feel like. A lot of people forget how good M. Night Chamelon was in this heyday. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. shit on signs for the whole water thing, which I'll get into in a bit. I have yeah. things to say about that. Um, but the, like, I, and that's a complaint I understand. I legitimately understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Rewatching it, it's, it makes more sense to me why they would still come to this planet knowing that there's a bunch of water. Yeah. Um, And, uh, there's also also
0: just a bunch of not water.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, but there's also a, there's a fan theory as well that I, I, uh, I like about this and I hate fan theories, but I like this one, but like visually, uh, there was a reason why they used to call M night Shyamalan the new Alfred Hitchcock. He is Mm -hmm. great at building suspense. Uh, he is great at at setting up scenes and shots. Uh, his blocking is very theatrical uh, and and cinematic, where like it doesn't make sense if it were real life, but it adds to the tension yeah. within a film. Um, and and uh, his use of framing, like he uses doorways and uh, like open doors and windows and stuff to frame his characters in this film. Yeah, and it just it's just cinematically uh, the cin- like the cinematography is just fantastic in this film. Um, one
0: of my one of my favorite uh, framing choices is when like right in the beginning when Mel Gibson's brushing his teeth. You don't even see him, but it's, yeah. it's it's framed from the hallway looking into the bathroom, and the door the bathroom looks empty, and then Abigail Breslin just screams, and then it's still the same. It's still that same shot during it, and he's just brushing yeah. his teeth off to the side, and then just goes pops into frame where the door is, and just goes, huh. Yeah. I thought, like he's got so many really good shots like that.
1: Yeah, um, and there's another one where like the the his his wife's old sewing room, the yep. door is like cracked open, and you can just see him through the crack yep. uh, of and the door. It,
0: and then it shows like the dress she was working on, like sewing together, because they yeah. had like just talked about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was another. He, there's so many good shots. Yeah, um, in this movie, it's like. This movie has a, a bunch of shit going for it that, that makes it like a, a top tier movie. But it's not yeah. – I feel like it's not nearly talked about as much as it should be in comparison well, to
1: – I think that a, a lot of people shit on it too to a fault yeah. because of the, the twist. People focus too much on the twists in his movies and not enough on the rest of the film. Yeah. But then they go around and don't focus enough on the twist of uh, um, Now You See Me. Mm-hmm. Where like a lot of people like that movie when that twist is fucking stupid, uh, and and like I I bring <laughs> I, that up I all the want,
0: time. I want to do a tally of that, just how many <laughs> times you do it. But I'm not scrubbing I through two hundred plus Clint. episodes.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, well, it's it's just the thing that comes to mind is that like I yeah. remember people coming out of that movie. and They're just like, oh, it's so great. I didn't see the ending coming because it's not possible. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about science. Yeah, um, but yeah, like it. Let's just get into it, because I'm going to keep bringing it up if we don't get into it. Yeah. Yes, the aliens uh, are allergic to water. Their skin starts dissolving. Uh, So first of all, re-watching it this time, something that I was too stupid to realize the last time I watched it, which was like 15. um, Mm -hmm. Rory Culkin uh, tells Mel Gibson that he thinks, after he realizes that they're hostile... Um, and also, uh, you know, after the they try to break in and everything, that they weren't there for for the planet. They were there to harvest humans. Yeah, humans go to places that are so deadly to humans to harvest other things. Guys it's not the... something that's out of the question for for species. Yeah. Like it's it's like risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. They probably like, knew. The one I'll... thing I will admit, they probably should have worn suits if that if like that was an issue.
0: <laughs> Uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the places they were naming didn't have a lot of water surrounding them. Yeah. Too.
1: Yeah. And like Pennsylvania doesn't have that much water. Like we have some rivers no. and creeks, but nothing like, yeah. nothing massive nothing, unless you're in the crazy, the, the Northwest part where, where uh, Lake Erie is. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the Delaware river, the Schuylkill river, the Susquehanna yeah. river, and then a bunch of creeks. That's what we got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, those are pretty far away from things, and they're specifically going to places to harvest humans, not anything else. Um, so I I think that it's an unfair thing to talk about, just from the standpoint that they're not going to stay at the planet; they're just harvesting things. Yeah. Uh, people go go into mines for shit that and, <laughs> and 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 you know they used to carry birds with them to let them know if it was d- too dangerous to go in. Like, it's not out of the question that a species would go to a dangerous place to harvest something yeah. that they need because humans do it all the time. Uh, and then I, there's one fan theory that I really like is mm. that maybe, like, fresh water and stuff uh, isn't too bad for them. Like, you know, th- yes, they're still allergic to it, but it's, it's a slight allergy or whatever. It's not too big of a deal. Uh, but I saw this. I forget who it was, but I saw this fan theory that was like, "Hey, uh, we when we process our water, we put like fluoride and shit into yeah. it." Yeah. Uh, that's not to mention the polluted aspect of water for like uh, natural waters, like the f- fucking Delaware. That's not fresh water. That's mm-hmm. all gross. Uh, yeah, how many dead bodies are in the the Schuylkill River, uh, especially near Philly? And and you know how many chemicals are being pumped out of that? Um, so it's not necessarily that they're allergic to fresh water uh or you know they're they're being killed by fresh water they're being killed by the water that we as humans are fine with yeah we're we're fine with the fluoride you know some people think it controls your minds that's stupid it's just helps your teeth <laughs> uh well it and- also
0: helps this theory that uh uh Abigail Breslin was complaining about the water it's the contaminated. Whole fucking it's, time it's
1: got dust, it's got anebus it's got all this thing it's got yeah like maybe they're not allergic to one hundred percent pure water, yeah, maybe it's everything else that's fucking in it like there's mm. and fucking in it you know the asexual <laughs> amen
0: <laughs> um you know where where like the you know the water thing it is like yeah uh, I get
1: it it I just think yeah. it's it's it it diminishes a a fantastic movie for something that yeah admittedly not the greatest twist ending but it doesn't ruin the rest of the movie
0: well i think i think with it like yes the water thing is like a little you know okay that's like a goofy plot point yeah but i think like with a lot of things in this movie and it's like it's damn near perfect to me it almost everything comes full circle Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, like a crop circle. <laughs> Glenn, shut up. Shut up. No, <laughs> everything at some point kind of comes full circle. Uh, you could probably argue with me about it. Like this is coming from like a semi good fucking uh, critique guy. Um, but I think, I think this movie damn near to me, I can't point out too many flaws. Even like the water thing. It's not that big of a flaw to me because as it's written – yeah. I think it makes a huge point.
1: Like you other was st- like, yeah. was
0: it delivered a little weird? Sure, but mm-hmm. I think I think the whole point is like it wasn't about the fucking water. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it, and like you said though, that all the other places they mentioned were like these super dry places, like yeah. the desert, and yeah, Brazil's not that dry. Um, uh, but there there are parts. Brazil's huge, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are parts of Brazil yeah. where the nearest body of water is super far away. And uh, humidity, yes, there's water and humidity, but it's not one hundred percent water. Yeah, uh, it's water vapor as along with oxygen. If it was just water vapor, we would all die in the Amazon. <laughs> uh, so so again, I understand it. it's it's a weird execution. But to completely ignore the rest of this fantastic film yeah. because of a little nitpick that really only takes maybe five minutes mm-hmm. um, when people forgive other things in movies.
0: A little too easy. That,
1: that are worse than this, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, It's – I don't know. I, th- I think this started the M. Night hate train. And I think it just became like a Nickelback thing where people it, it became a cultural <laughs> thing to hate on M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, and and people thought it was funny, so they continued <laughs> to pile on. Uh, pretty much any person that I know that I've that has hated the Village and I've had a discussion with mm-hmm. came away from this discussion. And, and I, I also signs. I've, I haven't had as many uh, discussions about signs, but like anytime I describe my viewpoint of the Village and signs. Uh, they come away not hating it anymore. Maybe not necessarily liking it, but they don't hate it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you just need the certain perspective to like these movies. Now, is that still a flaw? Yes, I will fully Mm -hmm. admit that that's a flaw. But that's no reason to say that he's a horrible director. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic director, especially visually. We've discussed this already. Visually, he's fantastic. Yeah.
0: I mean, this movie, I mean, proves that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's got a bunch of his other films too, but I feel like for like an everybody audience, I think I think this one is one of his best to prove to that he is one of the best.
1: Yeah. My like, favorite uh, of his is Unbreakable. I think that's another underappreciated one. Uh, we were um, we
0: were kind of talk like kind of briefly, not about uh, not specifically um, M Night, but like kind of. I wanna I wanna rewatch a lot of like directors uh filmography and kind of put them into perspective where i yeah. think they belong on uh, the best this this one's up there for M Night um and one of the one of the things i also want to get into i talked about full circle stuff is the, they use like kind of one liners at like different points in the movie where they'll like use t- towards the end like for instance like a like it was meant to be was uh something M Night his character said in the beginning or not mm-hmm. kind of in the middle um he's like yeah it was i fell asleep and your wife just happened to be there and i hit her with my car like it was mm-hmm. meant to be and then the wife says it at the at the end of the movie when they're finally showing what she's saying to mel yeah um and she said like it was fantastic meant. to fantastic
1: scene be. by the way it's a fantastic scene like i didn't cry when <laughs> i was a kid but like now that i have a family and everything i teared up i was like,
0: it's, and then uh, I knew
1: this was coming, and it still hit me hard.
0: And like then they'll then they'll do a, like a closer example, uh, where like Rory is like uh, talking to his sister, um, and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, "This one's this one's gonna be in the science books." And then the fucking the Anchorman is like, "This one's gonna be in the science books." It's gonna
1: change science books for yeah <laughs> yeah something like that.
0: It's got um, so, so many kind of great lines that reoccur. Yeah. Um, and uh, another one of this one's more of like a funny line than it is like a reoccurring one. But when they're kind of doing the investigation with the uh the 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 invest or the um the officer and like it's uh Joaquin and Mel at the table, and then she's like trying to get any information out of these two. It was and very dark. It <laughs> was it was dark. Well, was he short? Was he tall? Well, he was not short. Was just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, can you give me this description? Well, it was very dark. Yeah, <laughs> that that was great. There
1: are Scandinavian Olympians that uh, that can yeah. jump ten <laughs> feet high. Okay, Scandinavian Olympians aside. <laughs> yep. I shouldn't have said that about the Scandinavian Olympians. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was. He 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 does humor really well in these mm-hmm. films that are otherwise pretty serious because they're never like jokes. They're just like realistic scenes, yep. heightened realism where it's not one hundred percent realistic, but like you could see uh it happening um
0: the only the only actual flaw i could kind of come up with this and he does this with a lot of his movies Mm -hmm. is uh there's no better way to describe it is that a lot of his characters (laughs) mansplain (laughs) yeah there's there's exposition and yeah they're very exposition heavy like anybody like fucking children will be mansplaining shit on a topic like that that will make sense later or now whenever they're talking yeah. about it um but like that's like kind of the only flaw i have with his movies is like everybody's like exposition filled no matter the yeah. age or what they are um but that that doesn't really hold back in this movie because yeah. the whole family's just silly goofy and they all just know a bunch of stuff yeah uh, abigail care-
1: breslin's adorable.
0: I never realized how much shit she was in when she was that young. Yeah, yeah. Um, her and her brother were, were child older. actors. It's, it's
1: the, crazy. The funny thing is, watching this, I was like, okay, so this came out in 2002, probably filmed mm. 2001, 2000 at the earliest. Yeah. Uh, she was six in 2002, so in this she's either four or five. She can't <laughs> be taller than my two 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 and a half year old son. No. No. Because my two and a half year old son is like three feet tall already. He's he's uh, a tall lad. Yeah, height runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she can't be taller than three feet because she's five one now. She's she's pretty short, maybe five four. I forget yeah. what I, what I saw, but lower end of the five foot. Uh, and she's like so short in this that like when I found out she was four or five, I was like she does not look four or five. Oh, this was her.
0: This was like her first movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and nice. she's great in it. She's great. I mean, like he's so good at finding kid actors. Yeah, he is. I mean, Rory Culkin's great in it too. Uh, I I think he he was fantastic, especially because he had more emotional depth. Uh, yeah, because she was pretty much just scared or happy or whatever. But mm-hmm. she she did that great. And then he had like an understanding of things going on. Yeah, like when he saw M Night for the first time, was like, "Is that him?" Uh, mm-hmm. And you you understood the the weight of what he was saying there. Um, so I thought Rory did a really great job. This, obviously we love M. Night because he's a southeastern Pennsylvania filmmaker. Most of his movies <laughs> are my filmed. My boy. Most of his movies are filmed in this area. I do not think any other of his films encapu, encapsulates southeastern Pennsylvania better than this film does. Mm-hmm. When I was... 12 or 13 i thought that cherry jones who plays the the deputy yeah i thought she was from this area that's how good she is at being like a southeastern pennsylvanian deputy yeah that it just felt like her the the owners of the bookstore felt very southeastern pennsylvanian uh, the pharmacy uh played by Merritt weaver who, who's who gone on to be in a lot of things Uh, Mm -hmm. She felt very uh, southeastern Pennsylvanian. Uh, Michael Showalter, who is a comedic actor and director, he did, like, Wet Hot American Summer and everything, uh, he feels very southeastern Pennsylvanian. Um, And it just, like, it feels... It's like his one film that actually, like, feels like it. The other ones kind of feel like amalgamations of it. Yeah. Um, And then this, just, like... I, I was, like, transported to the more rural areas... Uh, like, like it kind of felt like in in a way a little bit like Honeybrook, even though it was Bucks County, but like, yeah. you know, that kind of it's area. a little
0: more, a little more Northern a little bit, but yeah, yeah.
1: Northern a little, a little more, uh, I mean this with utmost uh, respect, redneck, mm-hmm. uh, a little Pen- pencil, Pennsylvania yeah, uh, I wouldn't even go that far. Cause that, that's like, that's like meth head territory. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, um, speaking of Cherry Jones real quick, I, yeah. So, uh, sc- Scary Movie had a a good. I forget which Scary Movie. It was probably three.
1: Oh, the hat. Yeah, the I hat. know what you're talking about. There was
0: there was one scene in this movie where she was wearing a hat, and it was it was the they the, they the ran with scene. that joke hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really did. Like it didn't even look too big for her head or anything. They just every time in Scary Movie they showed her every like every scene or every shot it was a bigger hat every time yeah this one she literally was in one shot and it was it was i don't know i just thought that was funny i'm like i'm waiting for the. where is that hat getting bigger or what's happening here Mm -hmm. um anyway that was just a quick remark
1: this i i think this has some of his best um moments too Mm uh as far as like suspense and horror goes uh obviously the scene when the the aliens are trying to break in that's a pretty suspenseful scene. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite scene with uh, of, in this is when Mel Gibson goes into the cornfield at night, and he's still trying to convince himself that it's humans, uh, and he's in the crop circle, and he says, like, you're not going to get famous from this, and then while walking back, kind of starts to panic and drops his flashlight when he hears a noise. Uh, that whole sequence is fantastic. It's, it's fantastic uh, how it's made, um, and... I just love the shots in it. And then when he comes back into the house uh, and like it's like a renaissance painting where every like the two kids are doing the dishes. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncle, M- Uncle Merrill is on the couch and he just comes in to the shot. Just the framing of that shot is yeah. so great. And it's just five stars all five around stars. For, for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's I just I, I like it so much.
0: It's such a good movie. the cast yeah. is is so well done mm-hmm. um obviously, this is pre Mel Gibson being a complete ass um he's yeah. he's fantastic. I love his character and just how how much of a passive parent he is and just lets his kids like be themselves um
1: that's how it should be, like yeah, unless they're hundred- doing something that harms someone else
0: yeah or or
1: like, put themselves in really really great harm,
0: like he doesn't um kind of he doesn't overcorrect them i mean they're smart kids they don't need overcorrected or anything yeah and he's just like dad i'm gonna do this thing he's like
1: okay have fun yeah <laughs> and mean he, he never makes fun of them for like like when when they're sitting mm-hmm. in in the room reading the book with the tinfoil hats yeah like the most he'll get he never says like you shouldn't be like i mean he does like in a parental way like that's enough of this but he's never yeah. just like you shouldn't read this you shouldn't be interested in this or like uh, uh, and the most he'll say is like dr bimboo yeah, that yeah, I was going to say, he I'm just says asking Dr. Bimboo. I'm just asking his name. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Um. He was great. I thought Abigail was great, especially being that age, her first movie. I thought she was fantastic in nice. this. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin had great, hilarious uh, hilarious moments in it. Mm-hmm. And even Rory. Rory was really good. Played yeah. a, a nice, asthmatic character very well and just a really smart kid. M. Knight finds, I mean, this is uh, Macaulay Colgan's brother, but he finds child actors so well it's kind of crazy he really does um Um, and
1: also uh, abigail breslin's brother mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: spencer breslin is in the happening yeah uh which i i like that movie for what it is i think it's more of a comedy than a horror but it was advertised as a horror which is why i i understand why people hated it but there's a lot of moments if you watch it as a comedy it's hilarious um so i i I like I get it though it's not like signs where I'm gonna defend it, like I yeah. understand the hate that the happening gets uh but yeah it's it's i i it's got a lot of really cool ideas mm-hmm. um it kind of reminded me the, when how they're all obsessed with the news kind of room. I don't know how you were. When that escaped murderer was on the loose in, in southeastern Pennsylvania,
0: I mean, I wasn't worried at all. But I wasn't it was, worried, but I was, it was always a great was talking the news point for a couple of well, weeks. Well, I was,
1: I was delivering, I was uh, delivering for DoorDash in yeah. that area as it was happening. Mm-hmm. So I was like probably a little more worried than you, but I was also like, I'm a foot and a half taller than this guy. Yeah, so I'll be fine.
0: Well, the crazy um, thing is, pretty much we all were.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a short, short, short king. A short uh, murdering king, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just I related to them being obsessed with the news because mm-hmm. that has that happened like only a month ago. It's, well, especially
0: um, Joaquin when he was like, oh, they're they're all nerds. They're they're all nerds just just doing this stupid shit. And then like he gets a glimpse of like one thing, and he's like, all right, maybe they're not nerds. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's uh, okay. Maybe I'm gonna get into this, and I'm gonna be uh, okay. I mean, I'm learning about everything. He watching the news. He yeah. became a nerd hard for this. Uh it, it was pretty it was pretty funny to watch. A lot of his moments were really funny in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, there's probably only a few more things that I have left to say. There was like another uh kind of instance where it was like a reoccurring thing where in the in the beginning of the movie, uh Mel and Joaquin kind of uh perimeter the house, kind of running it around and kind of yeah. protecting it. Um and they do the same thing, but inside the house at the end of the movie, look like kind of looking for a way that aliens could get in i thought that was a nice little touch that on the outside and inside those boys they are protecting that house and that Mm -hmm. family um and then um i get i should probably get into the alien parts i remember exactly where i watched this movie in 2000 definitely too uh my aunt was is a big fan of the m night movies Mm -hmm. um so she she made us I'm pretty sure she made us watch a couple or whenever it was a couple times. Whenever we went over there, she was most likely watching an M. Night movie mm-hmm. like she really likes Lady in the Water, um, even though that's a controversial opinion. To some I like people. that one,
1: too. But I th- again, that's another one where I get it. I get yeah. the hate it gets.
0: Um, but I remember going to my aunt's and she made us watch Signs and uh, obviously the, the any parts with the aliens scared the shit out of me it, at a crisp nine years old, um, especially the one where they're they're like it's behind, it's behind, oh, yeah. and then the sas the sasquatch shot. Um, that scared the living hell out of me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just just a fantastic movie. It's something like this that could be just a PG thirteen yet really hold put you in a chokehold on the, the the spectrum of scared. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really really just iconic on its own um and then i what i really like and we could probably talk about this a little bit because you've talked about this a few times on a lot of podcasts especially the last one (laughs) is that it it didn't it didn't overwhelm you with any religious aspects Mm -hmm. like it was there it was prominent and the cast around was like hey father help me with prayers help me with uh, help me find my faith again he's like I don't even have any faith myself right now so yeah. I can't I can't help you with that stop calling me father damn it I can attest Without,
1: to being the son of a pastor a lot of people ask my dad for help for stuff yeah. like that so that it, it's a very realistic thing
0: um, I really I really like that it didn't overstep itself I really liked that it did have the religious stuff and that eventually he did kind of find his faith again mm-hmm. and that it took, you know, an alien invasion to get there. But I really like the way M. Night handled it yeah. um, because it he found he found it on his own, but it wasn't the main. It was a little bit of the main focus, but it wasn't yeah. the main focus of the movie yeah. was him finding his faith again. It, it was, was like a
1: side plot. Really. It
0: was him finding it within to get there while doing actual shit going on (laughs) yeah
1: well that that brings this is not anything that we're not like the first ones to notice this obviously the title signs has double meaning Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously it means the 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 um in the field the the field why am i the crop circles crops uh, like those signs and then like the the signs that's a running theme throughout Mm-hmm. It's like looking for signs of aliens or looking for signs of God. Uh do, are, do you see signs and then think it's a miracle or see signs and think it's just a coincidence? Mm-hmm. Um so that's like the whole the whole point of the film which I think is great. It's done very subtly um uh to a point where, you know, if you're not looking for it, you you might not pick it up because yeah. uh but I was also like 12 or 13 when I watched this for the first time so I didn't really probably wasn't looking for that. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I agree. I, I love that. I the the scene when they're in the basement and uh uh Morgan is having his asthmatic att- asthmatic attack. Yeah. Uh and uh Mel Gibson is just praying to God and says like I hate you. That so- that scene yeah. is so powerful. Like just the hate in his voice and his eyes when he says that. He's such a good, angry
0: actor when he, he gets is, into he it. He is.
1: I mean, because he's, he's an angry person in general. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, if, if you can't stand watching Mel Gibson anymore, I understand that. I personally, mm. uh, within reason, can separate the art from artist. Yeah. Uh Obviously, there's, there's points where uh, it's easier when I don't like the person like Woody Allen. Sometimes uh, I don't but, like
0: a Hitler painting.
1: Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, but yeah, I understand that people can't separate the art from artists. Uh, I, I can. Uh, I respect people who don't want to see anything with Mel Gibson in it because yeah. of that. Um, I do find s- s- some of the stuff that he made after all that stuff came out yeah harder to tolerate uh but like I still can go see it, and that just be like on the back burner uh while I'm watching it because ultimately filmmaking employs thousands of people it's not just one person, yes, mm-hmm. he's financially profiting from from these things, but uh so are other people who did not do or say the things that he did um amen uh but yeah when he's just like that that scene when he's just like, I hate you, is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I I personally, I have a very weird relationship with religious tones in films. I feel like a lot of it is forced or fake uh, and, um, you know, just to appease audiences. But this feels natural. This feels like something, this feels like a real struggle that someone would have. Uh to the point where like I kind of realized subconsciously that my latest script that I wrote, uh I didn't take things from this, but I took a lot of like emotions from it and 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 things because it's it's about someone who lost their faith as well. Uh and it, it's just it sticks with you. Like it's so so on a like subterranean level mm-hmm. that like it doesn't beat you over the head with it, which I really like. Um, and the scene where he says goodbye to his wife is beautiful. Uh, and and one of the, one of the best scenes. Um,
0: I like that they split that scene up too. And it wasn't just like,
1: yeah, here's a
0: flashback of of five minutes of this. They
1: showed him getting out of the car Mm -hmm. and, and then Cherry Joe Jones greeting him. Then they cut away from it. Then they come back. She explains to him what's happening. Then they cut away and then they come back, and then they show mm-hmm. the goodbye. Beautifully done. Fantastic editing in this as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I love this film. I think it's great. I think people need to get over the water thing. It's, a yeah. really, it's really a dumb thing to get over, especially when you rewatch it and realize they weren't trying to live on Earth. It's really uh, like
0: someone wearing a really, really great outfit, and they've got some ugly socks on.
1: yes. <laughs> 100 percent that's a great analogy honestly yeah like those socks are going to be covered by the 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 legs of the pants for the majority of the time
0: shoes dog damn yeah Yeah. what the hell are you wearing those those socks (laughs) oh my god what are those uh but speaking of looks the last thing i really have to say is however much you think about mel gibson doing whatever it is he could pull off that fucking pastor outfit hard as shit. (laughs) Yeah. God damn. And the flannel. The flannel, too. Yeah. Yeah. Handsome fella. Give him that. Yeah. That's about it. Uh,
1: The last thing I will say is uh, Joaquin Phoenix, when making this, is younger than both of us now. Oh, Uh, don't do that to me. And M. Night Shyamalan was younger when he made this than I am now. Mm. And that made me have an existential crisis. Well, that's great. Thanks a lot. Also, also <laughs> one of M Night Shyamalan's best performances. Like it's not mind blowing. Yeah. But, Well, like he does pretty good
0: mm-hmm. in this.
1: Like he he. I I feel like it's probably his most important role, for lack of a better word.
0: I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he normally he's like looking at characters. This one he couldn't. look. He just like was looking yes. down. So yes. It's a lot he was of, like, he was filled with shame. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, one thing that he, he went, he grew up in like Catholic school, which is why he, he always has like religious tones in this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I feel like even though he's, I believe he's Hindu, uh, he's definitely not Catholic. I know that much. Uh, but his parents wanted him to have like the, the structure of Catholic school, which is why he went to Catholic school. Yeah. Uh, but, like I think because of that, he has that separation. He does religion in films better than most people. Um. And I thought it was a great element to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Great Great film overall. And uh, I think we're both going to say it doesn't go on the shelf.
0: <laughs> what a piece of shit movie. Man. Yeah. Yuck. Uh,
1: you got anything else to say? No,
0: I, nothing.
1: So that does it for our review for Signs. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and And That brings us to that thing. It's J- Glenn. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's your, your pick, so you get to go first. It is my
0: little picky wicky. Does it go and, on the uh, shelf? Without further ado, that bitch goes on that shelf, man. Ooh. Right with all my glasses of water, too. Yeah. Uh, because from here on out, I make sure I always have one cup filled with water. Not because I'm absolutely dehydrated when I go to bed. No. But because I'm afraid of aliens coming in and probing yeah. my ass. <laughs> Thanks, Signs. Thanks a yes. lot.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yes, this absolutely goes on the shelf
1: yeah uh i would 100 percent agree mm. uh i didn't cry when i first saw this because i was but a teenager or Ooh, seemed to be a teenager coming off not even a year after 9-11 happened so you know yeah things things happened um i think actually 9-11 happened during the production of this if, if i'm not mistaken uh here's
0: a little thing I was nine when I watched this. You
1: might've been 11. The connections, it all comes full circle. No, I was 12. I was, I was 11 Thank when God 9, God 11 we happened. We skipped that one. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was 11 when 9, 11 happened. I was actually 11 days from being 12 when 9, 11 happened. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, you can look for my information using that information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it absolutely goes on the shelf. It's a great film. Uh, People hate on it way more than it deserves because, like, visually it's fantastic. Yeah. The writing is great. Uh, and it's legitimately creepy.
0: It is legitimately so, creepy. Yeah.
1: So, Signs makes it mm. on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and The Last Exorcism. Mm. <gasps> Whoa! Wow, that wow, wow, us, wow, wow. That brings us to our final assignment for the 2023 Spooktacular Spooktober.
0: I can't believe we're here already.
1: It came and went so fast, Glenn. Just like me. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that <laughs> uh, this is uh, Streaming Roulette Week. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I made this pun when I posted the Friday the 13th, the last chapter, and I have to yes. make it again. It's Streaming Roulette Week. Uh. Woo! You're allowed to be uh, a dad. Yeah! <laughs> So for streaming Boulette, we spin a very real wheel that is normally the size of Rhode Island, but now mm-hmm. it's just the side of Providence Rhode Island because yeah. we, we we filtered out only the horror movies. We spin it three times, and we pick the one that picks our interest the most. It has to be at least a year old, though. I I need to come up with a smoother way of saying all that. One day. Uh, one day. You know, it's only been two years or three <laughs> years. I don't know how long we've been streaming Boulette, but it's been a while.
0: <laughs> uh, just a few but
1: yeah, so here comes spin number one, <laughs> Martyrs, from 2008, and that is going to be on, uh... Damn, a lot of shit. To <laughs> be Pluto, Plex, and Voodoo.
0: All the free stuff.
1: A young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child leaves her and a friend who is also a victim of child abuse, on a terrifying journey into a living hell of depravity. Didn't start once! Wow. Uh, written and directed by Pascal Lagier, uh, starring Mariana Aloy, uh, Milena ja- uh, uh French-Canadian Catherine, film, by the way, I think. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> Beguin, uh, Robert Tupin, uh, Tupin uh, Xavier yeah. Dolanzen, I recognize that name, Juliet Goslin. Uh, sorry, Juliet Baby Goose, Um, (laughs) and yeah, so that is going to be on Tubi, all the free ones pretty much 7.0 out of 10 on IMDb and I don't see a Metacritic score so Mm. yeah hour 39 minutes, 2008 Martyrs that is our first option here comes, spin number 2 trick or treat I've heard of this before did I watch this? I feel like it's an anthology film if I'm not mistaken uh, from 2007, this is going to be on HBO Max and uh, Amazon, if you have the Max Prime subscription. Um, I think
0: I recognize that, that little character on the poster. Yeah. I just saw something from it.
1: Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween and everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer, a college virgin might have just met the guy for her, a group of teenagers pull a mean prank, a woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband, and a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick-or-treater. That's five plots! Didn't stutter once! Mm. Sorry, I get really excited when I don't stutter. Written and directed by (laughs) Michael Dougherty, uh, starring Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Dylan Baker, uh, Rochelle... Oh, Adis, uh, Quinn Lord, Lauren Lee Smith. Uh, let me see if there's anyone else that I recognize on here. Uh, I thought that person was Weird Al. It is not. Leslie Bibb, who is Sam <laughs> Rockwell's partner. Uh, Patrick Gilmore. Bunch of people. So that is going to be on HBO. Trick or treat. 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Again, do not see a Metacritic score. Uh, and hour 22 on the runtime. Here comes spin number three. Uh, Ooh, the fly, but not the one. Uh, not the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum. This is the original 1958 one. With Vincent he, Price. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be on HBO Max or Hulu. Uh, a scientist has a horrific accident when he tries to use his newly invented teleportation device. Directed by Kurt Newman, mm-hmm. written by James Clavel, or Clavel uh, George and George Langelan. Uh, it is starring David Hedison, Patricia Owens, Vincent Price, Herbert Marshall, Kathleen Freeman, Betty Lou Gerson, and others. Uh, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 62 Metacritic score, hour, 34 minutes. So regardless of what we pick, we're going to have a short one to watch.
0: Yeah, I was actually just sitting here thinking, none of these sound that bad. Yeah, I, I think they're all
1: pretty solid choices here.
0: Um, and they all have um, a pretty good rating, too. Like, it's really
1: tight yeah. as far as ratings go. The one, the, the, the me in mm-hmm. me, the me and me. The me and me. Wants to go for the old one with the, with the fly. But I am fine with any of these if you would prefer another one.
0: Uh, da, 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 da. I think the one I'm least leaning towards is Trick, and, or, trick or Treat. Um, okay. But it doesn't sound bad. I want to I wanna preface that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I just kind of want to do like a, a full plot, not an anthology. Yeah. Um,
0: honestly, Martyrs, Martyrs looks good, but it would be nice to see the original The Fly because I don't think I've ever actually fully watched The Fly with Jeff Golden.
1: Uh, David Cronenberg directed it, I believe, and it's pretty good. I have it if you want to borrow it. Uh, I wouldn't deny it. Um, damn. Yeah, David Cronenberg directed to that one.
0: I don't know, to be honest. Which one are you leaning towards the most? Well, at least give me a give me a twofer. The fly, did you say?
1: Uh for me it's the fly martyrs, then trick-or-treat.
0: Uh, I would probably say the same, honestly.
1: Okay. And would you say that if I didn't say it already? <laughs>
0: No, like uh well it was it's kind of like a super tie between Martyrs, Martyrs and fly, the fly. But I I'm okay with either. So I would I would probably let's do the fly actually.
1: Okay. All right. So the fly is our assignment for next week, and we're gonna we're gonna watch it.
0: We're gonna that's
1: that's how this works.
0: We're gonna we're gonna review this man yes. eating shit or something. I don't know how the fly works.
1: Have you, have you not seen The Fly?
0: I just did say
1: that two minutes ago. Not I, I thought you said you haven't seen the whole thing. Pretty much. That's so essentially, this man makes a teleportation machine, and then when he teleports himself, a fly is also in the teleportation machine, so mm. he becomes part fly. Nice. So that's what happens. Uh, and the David Cronenberg one gets really gross. Something tells me this won't be as gross. Yeah. Uh, and not in a bad way. Like, I like the David Cronenberg one. But mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Vincent Price.
1: What unearthly horror did that girl gaze upon. What manner of incredible thing walked beneath that hood. It would be unfair at this time to show you any more of what went on in that laboratory where a man actually dared to play God. So fantastic, words can't begin to describe it. You must see it with your own eyes to believe it. When the fly comes your way. So, the fly is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore view. Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on the letterbox, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week. When mm. one of us grows wings and the other one grows 50 million eyes and, and mm. has a little tongue. And then to eat, we, we, we vomit on the food so it dissolves it. And then we slurp it up because that's how flies <laughs> eat. It's really disgusting. Flies are disgusting creatures and should be eradicated from this earth. I don't care what they do for the rest of the earth. We should get rid <laughs> of flies. We should get rid of all bugs except for bees. Bees are cool. But all bugs serve no purpose. Oh, you know what? Gerald's. we got to keep Gerald's. Praying mantises.
0: you got to keep the Gerald's. Um, Those are my yeah. boys.
1: Gerald's praying mantises uh, and and bees—they're mm. the only ones that matter. Everyone, everyone else, yeah, get, get out of
0: here.
1: Get, get out going. of here. I know some of you eat poop, but so does my dog. So get out of at here, you
0: dung beetle. Ugh. <laughs> Yucky.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Bye bye.